Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've been, we've been going back and forth for weeks now. Uh, I'm very excited to get him on. Auburn alum, NCAA All-American, Canadian national teamer, and now coach for the Spartans Aquatic Club, Carl Krug. Carl, how are you doing, man? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me on. I said we've been I've been trying to get you on for a while um, mostly because the Spartans Aquatic Club was the first team to have a legitimate sanctioned USA swimming meet um, you had the first one post post quarantine um, and so that's that's the main reason we wanted to get you on because I know that that couldn't have been an easy process I know everyone's you know stepping on eggshells right now is there's so much uncertainty, especially at the, well, at every level, but you know, at the club level, it comes with its own, own set of issues and bag of tricks. And so uh, tell me, tell me about the process that Spartans has gone through um, to, I guess, how did you guys get to the point where you could even feel comfortable hosting a meet? Yeah. So I, yeah, like you said, stress, you know, it really added, you know, to that component and which with that came, you know, just being really aware of the situations around us, you know, being very um, conscientious of, you know, personal feelings and all that stuff, how, how comfortable a parent's going to feel going into a meet. So we really took all those things into account because we didn't have spectators. Um, so that was new for our parents. Uh, so it was like, guys, you got to trust us. It's going to be like a practice, but you know, the times are going to count, stuff like that. Um, so when we first came back from quarantine, you know, second week in May, uh, we really hammered home, like, guys, this is not a joke. Like, this is serious. Like you guys have to be six, eight feet apart. Uh, you know, so we just hammered all those things home and, you know, social distancing, being healthy, stuff like that. And, you know, just being fair with everyone else, you know, your lane mate and everything, you know, it's not, not a joke. Um, and everything. So we really did that the first couple of weeks. It wasn't about how many laps we can do, how, how long is our practice going to be? It's about doing things right. So we don't have to, you know, remind and constantly, you know, just blurt it out and just lose our voice every day. Um, six feet, six feet, six feet. I mean, that's, I need to get one of those easy buttons <laughs> instead of saying that was easy. It's six feet apart, please. You know? Um, so that was kind of the joke for our coaching staff. Uh, but yeah, they did it really well. Um, the first couple of days was, stressful it was new for the kids because they're coming out from you know hibernation in their house or whatever to swim practice it's like guys hey this is how we have to do things from now on um you know they came in their suits they came prepared for everything they had numbers assigned you know around our entire building um so after the first couple days you know it was it was pretty easy so that meet environment wasn't as stressful as it could have been if it was just like one week you know they've been doing it for eight eight, nine weeks at that point. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, t- so you guys were able to get back in the water early May. You had the meet, like you said, eight, nine weeks, you had the meet. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was like the second week of July. Um, yep. Tell me, tell me what, what the numbers were like in terms of how many swimmers per session, um, what went into kind of having that meet. And, and again, what precautions did you really have to, I get, I guess, 
what were there any additional precautions you had to take um, when having that actual meet just compared to your normal practice right so um we do have a safety protocols video on youtube um you know and all of our parents are watching it kids all that other stuff and we put it out there for other people to kind of take some ideas from and you know that was on our live stream for other people to see and we were only having 50 swimmers per session uh you know so we only had i want to say 142 in the meet i believe total so it was about three sessions um and we had to really break it up you know breaks and you know all that other stuff but the only other safety precaution that we uh, really took seriously since we did have officials on deck and you know they're a little bit older they're in that you know that category of at risk was everyone was going to wear a mask and all that other stuff um so that was the only other safety precaution that we took forward from what we do every single day so it wasn't that new the only new part was introducing some parents you know to time and that that was it in the officials um no hospitality no you know bare bones as it could get um structured warm-up um and everything and i did find out after probably like the first two events you know when uh whenever a kid would swim that whole heat would do like a 75 or 125 easy and exit at the other side so they're never you know mm-hmm. crossing paths with the next heat or timers or anything like that uh-huh. but some people would swim slower than others so we'd be sitting there for like five minutes so it's like the uh, the natatorium would just be dead it would be really, really like low energy. So we're like, you know what? We need to start playing a little bit of music, get them hyped up, stuff like that. Because, you know, I felt bad for the kids being locked in their house um, and everything, you know, for so long and then having to be controlled so much um, and everything. It was just a little depressing, um, not going to lie. But, you know, we really had to do as much as we could to to keep them, you know, hyped up and and everything. So, sure. Yeah, so it was about 50 kids through three or four officials, um, you know, spaced out, you know, starter there, and then, you know, all strategically placed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't your normal meet, you walk wherever you want, go wherever you want, you know, it, it was pretty well structured, um, which was a, you know, a new learning curve for everyone, you know, officials included, coaches included, I mean, for everyone, but we, we did really well. I was really happy, no outbreaks, no nothing like that, um, so, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I can't imagine you go to a, you go to a normal swim meet at a normal pool and kids are just, you know, running amok everywhere trying. I, I can imagine that there's, there's a big learning curve there. Yeah. And uh, it's very cool to hear that you guys were able to pull that off successfully. And, and you know, the, the, silver, the, the, the cool part for swim fans was that you guys had some really, really fast times. You, 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 mm-hmm. A lot of your swimmers, you know, went personal bests, um, tell me a little bit about what you guys were doing, uh, you know, the, the few weeks leading up to that meet and, and what you could kind of expected as a coach to see out of your athletes. Yeah. So during quarantine, you know, we were having, you know, your daily weekly zoom meetings with your kids and groups and stuff like that. You know, we were giving them posting volunteer workouts and stuff like that, you know, dry land emphasis and, you know, some of our kids are lucky enough to have a backyard pool or access, you know, to an endless pool and stuff like that. But the majority of our team, you know, they, we had to get creative, um, you know, and me leading the entire coaching staff, I had to really emphasize some of that guys that we can't do anything about pools. We can't do anything. Let's try to make them as athletic as possible, you know, still keep them in shape, you know, athletically, you know, get them on a bike, get them outside for, you know, 
30, 40 minutes if they're not in, you know, a, a hot spot area where they can actually leave their house for a little bit and everything. Um, so we really hammered that home with the kids. Be like, hey, guys, it's going to end at some point. Don't know when, but, you know, you just got to, you know, really stay motivated. Um, you know, and the kids did really well, uh, you know, because I hammered it home with them. Guys, like when we get back, you want to be able to say that you did something during those times, um, you know, so it's not as bad coming back. Everyone knows what it's like to take a couple of weeks off, but we didn't know if it was going to be months, weeks. We had no idea. So we're like, hey, guys, take 30, 40 minutes. That's all you need. You don't need to work out for two, three hours, <laughs> uh, you know. So, yeah, we really hammered that home with them. They did well. So we get back into it. Uh, May 14th, I think that date was uh, was our first day. Um, and literally it was like, we had to structure the groups to where, you know, there was less than 50 people in the building. So, you know, we were running 13 hours straight. Um, you know, it was from 6.30 till, you know, about eight o'clock at night. Um, you know, with, I think we had an hour break from one of our post-grad groups, you know, college group into our little kids sessions. There was like an hour break the entire time. Um, so we had to be really just clockwork, you know, as a staff and we had the kids, you know, do a little bit of dry line activation, you know, like they're normally doing. And then just details, 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 details. Uh, when we first got back, uh, doesn't matter if you're going to swim 10,000 the first day or a thousand, you know, let, let's hammer home like streamlines, push-ups, you know, Hey, I don't like the word fresh slate or the phrase, you know, that just kind of comes from like a bad term, I guess, you know, it was like, Hey guys, you have an opportunity, you know, to do something better than you would have normally done if we didn't have this. Uh, so I never really used the term fresh slate um, and whatnot. So that's the way we used it. And some kids were better than some. And then some kids that I thought would be really, really good struggled, you know, the first little bit, you know, because they were, we found out they were doing too much. You know, we found out some kids were riding a bike for two to three hours a day, you know, just okay. with their friends and everything. So, you know, they, they weren't as fit as we thought they would be. Um, you know, they, they were just so tired. Uh, you know, from going to some practice and then riding a bike for two or three hours. So we had to do some educational stuff on that. Yeah, hey, okay, we're back in swimming. You, you can back off the biking a little bit. You can back off on trying to run 10, 12 miles a day like your mom was telling you to do and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, educational, to say the least, on, you know, athletic side and the coaching side. Mm -hmm. um, this, tell me a little bit about uh, Spartans Aquatic Club. How big is the club? What What are your groups look like? You mentioned a post grad slash collegiate group. Um, yep. So, like, you know, what what are your top groups looking like, and how big are those? So we're about two hundred kids. Um, so we the last two seasons we've capped our team just because our pool you know can't accommodate more realistically. You know, unless you want to put ten twelve kids in a lane, which we'll never do that. Uh, I I don't have that philosophy. Um, so each group has about, you know, 35, 40 kids during the pandemic, because we're obviously trying to maximize time, <laughs> you know, uh, so we had, you know, during, during that, we had four per lane, you know, one on the wall, one at the flags, each side. So four per lane. So we were able to accommodate 44 per group, you know, we were running that five, yeah, five times. Um, you know, some groups had, I think like 38, you know, it, it worked out to, we had about 170 that actually came back from the mm -hmm. lockdown and everything. So we didn't lose a, a, a lot. We still have a lot of parents that are still uncertain. 
And we've told them in emails and everything that we always have a spot on the team for you. This is not your fault. This, you know, there will be a spot for you. Um, so we have our senior groups. We have two of those. We have our two main age group groups. And then we have our, we call them little Spartans and Spartans. That's our, you know, developmental age you know, our 10 and unders. And um, I couldn't come up with any cooler names than for senior and age group. I mean, that's just the standard for all your clubs. Um, but the little kids, the 10 hours, I mean, they, they love their group names um, and everything. So that's really cool. So, yeah, we have six total groups. And, you know, uh, our developmental is about 25, I believe, 30. And then, you know, our age group team is about 35 per group. And then, you know, we jump up to, you know, 35 and 40. Gotcha. So. And uh, <clears throat> so leading into this meet, um, the, the first meet you guys had, what, what were your thoughts on, on kind of how these athletes were going to respond to actually racing for the first time? Yeah. So I knew some of them would swim really fast because how they were doing in training, mm -hmm. um, obviously. And then I got some surprises like out of nowhere, like, wow, you did not look good in practice and you just went <laughs> super fast. But you know, that, that, that's just swimming these days. You know, you've got your racers, but um, I think, is it Oliver Leroy? Uh, he puts out those, uh, you know, what type of swimmer you are and stuff like that. And, I mean, right. we've got some of those that are, you know, just racers, you know, and they practice terribly. Uh, then you've got your kids that train really, really well, but don't race very well. And then you've got your, your well-rounded athlete, trains well, races well. Um, so, yeah, I was surprised with some. And, you know, and I just emphasized it with the kids leading up to the media. Hey, guys, you have to take advantage of every opportunity you're given because we don't know what next week brings. We don't know when we're going to have our next meet. Because um, Georgia swimming was one of the first LSEs to start sanctioning meets, obviously. Um, but, you know, that came with tight restrictions from USA Swimming. So I had to send out emails. Be like, hey, guys, I keep getting asked by parents. You know, you guys are asking me when our next meet is going to be. I don't know. Um, so, and that was the complete honest truth. You know, it's like we don't know. Um, especially with, you know, numbers, you know, fluctuating and all that other stuff we just didn't know. So that was my main point to, you know, the staff to relate to their groups. Yeah, hey, you don't know when your next meet is going to be. Let's, let's take advantage of it, you know. Uh, and some kids did really well. Obviously, you guys did a bunch of articles on Peter. You know, he was unsigned at that point. He's one of those kids that, you know, took advantage of every race he had, uh, along with a lot of our other kids. Um, you know, we had some kids that didn't have juniors, you know, leading into this meet, like got juniors. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, and everything. Yeah. The, t tell me a little bit more about Peter. Like you said, we've done, we, we've, we've covered him quite a bit. He's gone like, you know, 10 best times in 10 races or something like that recently in, in the last month, I think committed to Georgia. Um, you know, what were you expecting coming from him? Is, is, is he one of those kids who, who trains really well or is he more of just a pure racer? So best way to describe Peter is a summer league swimmer that swims year round. Um, you know, he, he likes to race. He likes to, you know, play games and stuff like that. You know, sharks and minnows and everything. He's your, your full fledged summer league swimmer that swims year round. And he, oh, yeah. he only did summer league up until he joined us a couple of years ago, um, to be honest. Okay. So, I mean, he's, I want to say he's green, but he's just now getting into like the full training fledge of swimming. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he's, he does everything we ask. Like, we're like, Hey, Peter, you're doing distance today. And he's like, okay. 
all right, you know, and he goes after it. You know, he never, never has a bad attitude. So he's one of those good kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I called uh, Georgia and about him, I was like, hey, this, this is a, a Georgia kid. You're going to want this kid. If you tell him to do a 3,000 butterfly, it's going to make his 53 faster, he'll do it. <laughs> break and stuff like that. You know, he's just one of those kids. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's a culture that we have on that senior group. They all hang out together, like, during quarantine. Um, I'm a big mountain biker, so I was taking my bike out to go mountain biking. I, I would pass some of them, and they were all hanging out, all, like, 10, 12, 15 of them you know, riding bikes together, you know, that's just the culture that we have here. And, you know, that he, they've just done a good job um, and everything. Yeah. For him to hit 10 out of 10, it really got the juices flowing for everyone else as well. You know, they're like, Hey, if he can do it, I can do it. And that's what I kept saying. I'm like, guys, he's, he's not six foot eight, you know, he's not the most physically gifted athlete. He just works really hard. And then this, what, this was what happens. And then they started like really, honing in on that and they're like oh okay yeah and then we just started seeing drop after drop after drop yeah. which again you know we see that in swimming anyway you know you, you see a, you see someone else swim fast and you're like hey i want to swim fast um but super yeah. cool to have that you know still occur in an environment like this um you you touched on the team culture and yep. i want to get into that a little bit more um what you know again obviously you had a very elite career in swimming which I would like to talk about in a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, how, how long have you been with Spartans and what do you feel like you have brought to that culture as, as the head coach? So actually I started in 2016. Um, okay. funny story. My wife's the aquatics director here. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, so that helps, right. Especially during this situation, um, you know, pandemic and pool time and all that other stuff. Yeah. And so she's been a teacher here since 2015 and I retired in 2016. And, you know, I've always wanted to coach, you know, just kind of, you know, pass it on mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, so we were talking, the pool was only used for high school swimming, you know, and, and water pools. So it sat empty, you know, for like nine months out of the year. And I was like, you know what, we, we could really do something special here. Um, so we started it. We, by the end of our first year, I think we were 40 or 50 kids. Um, okay. But then we literally just exploded after that. You know, our, our third year, we reached our max of 200. 205, 210. Um, we've been out there ever since. Um, you know, and I just wanted to bring that high level competitive atmosphere that I had in college um, and everything to the high school environment. Um, I don't know if, uh, if you've ever been here for like a high school meet or anything like that, um, but Georgia Swimming High School is different than anywhere else. Anywhere else. Um, and it, it's crazy. The kids actually related bigger than juniors if that makes sense you yeah because we, we do a lot of mental training um you know we have a sports psychologist that works with us and everything okay. and one of his big points was like guys why are you making high school state bigger than some of the biggest meets you've ever been to he's like oh it, it's high school state are you kidding me and, and so we've really had to work on that okay. but it's just different mm-hmm. um and i've learned that over the last couple of years as well as how big some some of these kids make these meets uh, I'm from California, which is massive. You know, they, they swimming is huge there. Obviously, you've got Mission Viejo. You've got some of the biggest club teams in America there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the high school swimming here, it's just different. Uh, I don't know how quite to describe it, but it is, especially summer league. I mean, as you as you know, uh, the summer league here, it's the biggest in the country. You got, I think, I don't know, like 40,000, 50,000 kids that participate every year in summer league. Um, you know, and it's it's just different. 
So and that translates over to high school and everything else. Um, you know, and I've had to talk to the kids a lot about the possibility of not having high school swim. That that may very well be, and some of them are just depressed about it. You know, that, that's what they train for. That's what they work for. Um, but you know, it's the hand we've been dealt the last couple months. Um, so yeah, I've really just tried to you know pass down what I learned in college mm-hmm. from that high level competitive atmosphere down to the club level because um, obviously that's what you kind of want to emulate what the best in the world or the best in the country are doing so why not do that at the the grassroots level um, you know club swimming and, and everything else because some of these kids won't swim past high school so give them you know that give them a taste of that uh, and everything that, that I experienced and was blessed to have so sure and so again you mentioned yeah you, you guys work with a sports psychologist what are, you know, within, within you guys' training, especially in the top groups, um, what, what do you try to emulate in terms of that, you know, high intensity, high, highly competitive college environment? Yeah, so um, we, we work with him and then we also have our own weight room, weight coaches and stuff like that. And it's all really going down to quality, um, you know, making every set count, every yard, every stroke. Um, you know, we, like right now we're, we took a break for 10 days or whatever, and we're just back. This is our first full week. Um, so just detail oriented, you know, just like you get in college, you know, starts, turns, breakouts and all that other stuff. Um, and we've replaced, you know, kind of like the longer sets and everything um, with, you know, breakouts of groupings. So we have a lot of underwater stuff, you know, cameras and everything will break out into smaller groups and, you know, give them to a coach. Like, hey, you 10 are going to work, you know, on, open turns now really really fine-tune everything um you know and i've i even tell the coaches back hey don't be afraid to take an extra 10 minutes to explain something or to really you know draw it on the board make sure they understand it so we're doing it right and we don't have to get to me like yeah my open turns are really bad can we work on it's like you know we need to start that from day one so like today every friday from now on we're doing more breakout stuff um we're breaking out to three or four groups and the kids, I mean, are really buying into it. And I really learned that in the summer because we had um, a two-hour block for each group for seniors, um, but we never swam more than an hour and a half, which was, I mean, was I rolling the dice? Yes, absolutely. But, you know, it's what we had, and that's what we were able to do. And I was not only surprised, but it instilled in the, you know, maybe we were swimming too much not us as a whole, but, you know, I think just generally in America, some programs do really well with a lot of yardage and a lot of time in the water, but, you know, I've really learned that you don't need two hours, um, you know, in the water, you don't need two hours to work on this. You don't need, need to just make everything count. And last week we had a goal setting meeting and everything with all our kids, you know, in our breakout groups and stuff. So we were, you know, social distance and all that other stuff. But I really, they're like, yeah, why are we only swimming for this amount of time? Like, why did we only swim for an hour and a half? Those were some of the questions they asked me. I was like, well, guys, if I told you we were going to do 10 100s or 8 100s, what are you more likely to do better? The one with less reps, right? Just naturally. And all the kids were like, well, yeah. Yeah, that's a simple question. I'm like, well, yeah, now you need to look at that time-wise too. If I told you, hey, we're only going to swim for an hour and a half, I need an hour and a half of all, you know, all focused, you know, all out, whatever we're doing that day, just super focused. And the kids were like, oh, okay. And ever since we've had that meeting, like the last couple of days, like they, they've been on, uh, cause I think they don't, 
think it's going to be a drag anymore. Uh, you know, like some of them we're used to and all that other stuff. And I was honest with them, like, hey, there's going to be some days that we swim. You know, we'll swim a little bit longer, you know, work on some aerobic stuff, you know, aerobic capacity building. But, you know, every, every day brings its own challenge and you need to be ready for that, whatever it is. Um, so I think just taking that time to fully educate them on that, uh, you know, so they fully understand. It's not about just swimming up and down. You know, it's about, you know, just bringing the quality um, to it. And I think that's why we've had so much success, especially on relays and, you know, um, state and stuff like that. We've really kind of took off. So, yeah. I, I, I think we're seeing more and more that philosophy taking off, certainly in the last couple of years, talking to coaches, you know, that, that more of shorter, more intense, more quality driven philosophy. I, I, I feel like that that is kind of the wave of the future in terms of swimming and, and how we're going to see success at the highest level. Uh, again, sometimes you do yardage, sometimes you need to just go back and forth, but I think, mm -hmm. uh, you know, throw on some good quality in there. I think it's going to help a lot. So that's, yeah. that's very cool to hear. Yeah, we only swam Monday through Friday. We didn't swim on weekends just because okay. as a staff, we sat down just because, I mean, we, some of us were here for 13 hours. It's like you, you can't sustain that. Um, not only that, but we wanted that weekend because, you know, we were recommended by the CDC and the Department of Public Health. Like, if you do have a case it's on your side if you have 72 hours, you know, of exposure, because then you don't have, you know, uh, you don't have to do as much quarantining and all that other stuff. So that was in our plan as well, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to not do Saturdays and Sundays, because then it just opens up, you know, to further, you know, um, case possibility or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so we put that in our plan as well. But then also to the fact of we really didn't have anything to swim for. Like there was no states, there was no juniors, there was no Olympic trials. So it's like, guys, let's not, let's not really push it. Yeah. You know, cause we, 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 it's all unknown. And it gave parents, you know, that opportunity to take that, you know, last minute, you know, weekend vacation or, you know, just have more family time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it, it worked out, you know, it was a win-win for everybody, the staff, the swimmers. And I mean, I talked to my wife about it all the time, like, do we really need Saturdays? Like, do we really need to go back to that? And I don't think there is a yes or no until, you know, there's, like you said, more and more teams doing it, um, you know. And I think we're willing and able to test it out. But we are going to bring back Saturdays, you know, just for like a quality racing day and stuff like that. But then also give kids opportunities. Like if they can't make a Friday practice, they can make Saturdays. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I've been honest with my kids, like if, if high school football does come back, you know, if there is those events and you can hang out with your friends, go ahead and do it, do it safely, obviously, but, you know, let the kids be kids. Um, you're going to get more out of them if they are excited to come back to practice. And every parent that asked me like, Hey, what's your philosophy and everything? I was like, I want the kids to have fun and come back. I don't want you to drag them back. Um, so that's really been a point from our youngest four-year-olds all the way up to 18. You know, like, I want you guys to want to come to practice. Um, that's the only way you're going to get better. That's the only way we're going to get better as a whole. And that we've really instilled that in the culture. Like, you know, we're not afraid to take it back, you know, have some fun, especially during like high level testing days. We don't do a whole lot of yardage. We don't do a whole lot of hard work during like the high level testing and everything, just because the kids are totally shot. You know, they, they got three, four tests. They've been up till 2 a.m. studying. Uh, you know, so we're not afraid to, hey, just dial back, work on some technique uh, and everything. And it's worked out for us. Yeah. 
And again, the the coaches I've talked to the last year or two, you know, scheduling wise, it's been super fun to hear some people say, oh, like I gave my high school age swimmers, like they didn't have morning practices. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my, my 16 year old boys like grew four inches in six yeah. months because they were able to sleep or like, you know, we, we take Friday nights off because, so that they can go to football games. And like mm -hmm. you said, who knows if that's going to happen now, but it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely fun to see people play around with that, uh, with that typical schedule that we're used to seeing swimmers have of, you know, practice six days a week, eight yep. to 10 practices a week. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe, maybe we can do it differently. And I, I think that's fun for everyone. I mean, uh, Gregory Palatinario or the, you know, the distance runner from Italy yeah, yeah. almost broke the world record in the mile, the event you need the most training on, but from Italy, you know, one of the hardest hit countries of COVID-19 and was able to swim that fast in the mile with, I mean, how many weeks of training did he have? Not much. <laughs> Not much. I mean, so it really makes you think and go back not second guess, but look at what else you can do. And Greg Meehan has said it best. Uh, you know, he's like, there's a million ways to coach and I'm just doing one of them. And I mean, that is absolutely 100% true. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's, it's cool to see that, you know, one positive coming from this COVID pandemic might be more people having to, having to deal with the situation in their own different circumstances, but again, yeah. finding, finding things that work for them outside of this circumstance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, take advantage of every opportunity you're given. I mean, honestly. Um, so. Yeah. All right. So let's get it. Let's get into your background a little bit. I've never, I've never gotten to talk to you about your career. Um, you know, you mentioned you wanted to bring that collegiate culture to this club team that you had um, while, during your time at Auburn. Um, what, first of all, what, what led you to Auburn? So, like I said, I'm from California. Um, Everyone thought I was going to USC or Cal, uh, but you know when I went to Auburn on my trip, uh, Richard Crick and Brett Hawk were recruiting me. Uh, my dad went out with me. I'd never been to Alabama before. I didn't know what to expect, and I went to a football game, and I mean I was just blown away. You know, just not the people, uh, but like the culture of the town. It was just different because I mean I'm from a big city in California, and just fast-paced life. Like literally, everyone going literally 150 miles an hour. You know, got to Alabama, people are just laid back, nice. Um, you know, it was it was different. Um, and my dad was like, well, what do you think? I was like, Dad, I loved it. So, I mean, ever since then, I mean, I knew I was going to go to Auburn, um, you know, right even before I left. And it wasn't just because, you know, they were a sprinting powerhouse. You know, they were the best in the country at that time. I think it came down to, you know, the coaching staff and the town in general. Um, and I had the same mindset of, you know, if swimming was to disappear, can I stay in Auburn to finish up school or live there? And, you know, that was one of the questions I said yes to. Uh, and that's what I pass on to my kids. Hey guys, swimming will end. We know that more than ever now with, you know, college teams getting cut left and right. Can you stay at that school if there was no swimming? You know, and that's what I tell them, you know, to look at. Um, and I, I, that's what my dad told me from when I was like, 15 or 16 years old, you, you got to be able to live there. Because uh, he went to college at Washington State in Pullman, Washington, and mm -hmm. which is not a big town, you know, kind of a, a Farmville town type thing. And, you know, that's what he's like. I want you to make the decision based 
top if you don't have sports can continue going there and you're not going from one school to the next one town one state whatever you know you can stay rooted there because that's going to lead you to success um and everything so yeah ever since then i mean before i even got on the plane to come home i was like dad i'm coming here it's like well hold on a second let's let's finish up your trip to usc and see if you want to go there so yeah i mean that's i that's always a really cool feeling of of going to a place and saying yeah this is it mm -hmm. i know it uh yeah. and so you get once you get to auburn um what surprised you about the culture of the swim team itself so um i was i was given a set to do for my club coach um he's like yeah you gotta swim for an hour whatever you need to do and I just remember watching Caesar Cielo come in. <laughs> you know, this was before he won gold, but I mean, I knew who he was and everything. And like, he took the time to say hi to me and, you know, just spend a couple of minutes and just talk to me. Uh, so, I mean, that really just blew me away. Uh, you know, that they were just willing to, um, you know, take that little extra time. Yeah. Uh, just to talk to me when I was literally just by myself and my dad was coaching me, um, you know, and they just stopped for a few minutes, said hi. Are you doing? You know, I went out to lunch with them right after that. But it, it that was probably one of the first things that really drew me. Yeah, yeah I, I can spend you know the next five, ten years here for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, pretty pretty cool that uh, you get to say hi to Cesar anytime, anytime you encounter him, uh, yeah. especially at that time when he, you know, he he hadn't won gold yet, but I think he was, you know breaking records left and right he's yep. the second dude to go at 18 i think and he went you know yep. his record stood for a long long time yep um so you you, you get to auburn and and you become part of that swim team mm -hmm. um what again what what influenced you what stood out to you about what made that culture special so um i mean brett hawk really you know, built that culture during that time, uh, you know, that high level of intensity, you know, um, whenever people talk about Auburn, you know, they're known for sprinting and all that other stuff, obviously. But I think what really stood out during that time, especially my freshman year was our weight trainer, PK, uh, you know, legendary, you know, workouts and circuits and dry lands and everything. Not only that, but he also went in and he coached us in power, you know, just short, high intensity burst and i think that's what really separated us and really had the competitive culture you know competing with the guy right next to you um you know uh, always wanting to win you know on short five six seven eight second burst uh you know and that's that that was the defining moment for us i believe you know just that literally get down in the mud and fight uh you know fight for that hundredth of a second um and whatnot and that's what i try to bring here every single day like guys you have to compete you gotta want to win and I, I i don't tell the kids they have to win you know um i i really don't emphasize you know be, like coming first just getting better whether that's eighth place or dead last as long as you're trying to get better you're doing what i'm asking you to do uh but i i emphasize competing because if you're not competing you're not getting better uh, you know, competing with yourself, competing with the guy next to you, the girl next to you, whatever it is. Uh, so we do a lot of competition stuff, like we did at Auburn. Um, you know, we have Power X, Power Towers, all that other stuff. Uh, but, you know, we mix it up with games. You know, like I'll put our fastest kid, like Colton McGrady or Peter Sacker, Kamal Muhammad, like 
all right, guys, you're going to sit back for five seconds and we're give this guy, you know, a five second head start. You know, we're just, we're just going to compete. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I just try to bring that every day. It keeps it fun. It mixes it up for them. And that's what we did at Auburn. We, I don't think we ever did the same set twice. Mm-hmm. Unless it was heart rate sets, 3,100s. We always did that set, but you know, <laughs> uh, everything else, it was always different, always different on power days. And that's what I try to bring here. So it's not, um, boring or repetitive um you know that's what some of the kids are saying like i get bored when we do the same thing all the time i was like well that's why we don't unless it's heart rate stuff (laughs) yeah which makes sense uh did did you have a favorite set at auburn or do do you have a favorite story from when you were training or racing there that really sticks out to you the so i still use practices that we did at auburn here kind of thing um (laughs) And I always tell the kid, yeah, oh, yeah, we're about to do my favorite set. And it's always a different set. <laughs> uh, I think, especially as I got older, I think my favorite set was 3100s, you know, just holding best average. Um, I was one of those sprinters that could, you know, go a lot longer, uh, mm-hmm. you know, than your typical drop dead sprinter. Um, now, as I got older and I got out of college, I could not do that. You know, especially when I put on 20, 25 pounds, I, I, I couldn't do that anymore. But yeah, I think. 3100s is my best, whatever variation you want to do, whether it's three sets of 10 or, you know, um, 60-50s, you know, any variation of the 3100s is my favorite set. Uh, There's just so much you can do with it. You can do kick, pull, swim, um, and we do that a lot, but we always switch it up. Uh, You know, we go through phases where a couple days ago we did sets of eight, you know, just getting the kids, you know, back into it, you know, tracking times and descending and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's probably my favorite set. Um, if we're not doing racks, but you know, uh, I still hop in and do some racks here and there just because it's so fun to feel that powerful and almost pull it in. Um, I remember, I think I was a freshman. Uh, Matt Target took me really under his wing. Um, okay. And actually, I was texting him before this interview. Um, <laughs> and I just remember, yeah, he, he would help me out every single day. Um, and I remember when he pulled a rack into the pool uh, and just, you talk about competitiveness and explosiveness. It was him, Cesar and Fred all in the same pool. Fred <laughs> I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, speed. And I just remember him and Cesar were going back and forth. And I remember target got so mad and he literally ripped the whole thing into the water. Um, I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, but just, just going back to that, you know, 3100's favorite set, unless it's racks. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a pretty epic rack story. Yep. yep. Especially when it was in the deep end, which was, I don't know, 15, 16. <laughs> oh my God. So, yep. <laughs> no kidding. Um, so, all right. So to, to, to wrap up this conversation, just moving forward for you guys, you mm-hmm. mentioned it's your first, you, you just, you just wrapped on your first week back or you, you're about to, um, you know, next couple months, what do you see for, for your team? How do you see yourself uh, moving forward again with, with, with the uncertainty that we've got right now? Yeah, so we did take our break just for the sole fact of getting back into school. Uh, here at our school, Greater Atlanta, um, they have the option to come in in person or be virtual, which a lot of the public schools did not have that option. Um, so we gave them that break to really you know, get used to what they have to do from now on. You know, I didn't want them worrying about swimming, getting to practice and all this other stuff. So from here on out, it's, it's getting a little bit better every day, whether it's 
following directions a little bit better, uh, um, you know, getting better at details. Uh, and then looking forward to October, we're slated to have a couple meets, you know, like one at the very beginning, one at the end. Um, and then we've been, I'm pretty involved with the LSE and we've been talking about, you know, state championships and what, what is that going to look like? Are we doing it virtual? Are we going to try to do it, you know, multiple sites, what, what have you? Um, so I think it's just getting ready for those meets. But again, you know, same thing that I hammer home with them every day. Take advantage because you may only get one. You may get one race. You may get one meet. So really making sure that they're working on that every single day. Um, and they've done well. They've done well with it, you know, this past week. Um, and I, I can't ask for anything more from them on the, at that point. Yeah. So. Carl, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and sharing your insight with us. I'm really happy to hear that Spartans Aquatic Club is is getting to do their thing and, and getting to train. And, uh, and hopefully hopefully we'll, we'll keep seeing the, uh, the exciting results from you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me on. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.